everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, a podcast discussing the multitude of multi-site student ministry. My name is EJ Swanson, and I'm joined with one of my co-hosts today, Mr. Joe Crabb. Hey there, buddy. Good to see you. And we also have two awesome special guests, uh, new friends of ours that we've been doing life with for a little bit of time here. Yes, sir. Uh, Misha and Josh. Guys, welcome. Welcome. Hey, guys. We're so glad you guys are here. Um, Misha and Josh are from 242, which is a church roughly 45 minutes to an hour from us, yep. right, guys? Is Depending that, on yeah. traffic. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> and if um, if they don't close down half of Michigan roads yes. and everybody It strikes. could be a three days journey, depending <laughs> on the time. <laughs> so true here. And um, they're from a church, if I didn't say it, called 242. And um, over the years that I've known them, been listed as one of the fastest growing churches in the country. And uh, Joe, Kim, and I have also um, been able to see and witness just the amazing things that they're doing. And yeah. as we've been dreaming about the multi multi podcast. One of the things we wanted to uh, begin to highlight, just as we did in one of our other episodes, is churches around the country who are doing the job, but also are connected into the podcast and really um, are doing life alongside of us because that's really important to us. So yeah. we wanted to connect today and um, record an episode. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things. We might even get uh, a little squirrely like middle schoolers um, <laughs> and just see where it, it that's goes. That's been known to happen on this podcast before, but. It has. Yeah. But I think one of the things that we've realized in the conversations that we've had through uh, since you know this podcast has began, but even before that, is that contextually multi-site ministry looks very like different um, all around the nation and uh, even you know in our own backyard as well. And so to be able to kind of talk through some of that, um, talk about what's working, uh, what's not working, uh, dream a little bit, and just have that conversation because we know as we hear from guys and gals across the nation that uh, multi-site ministry if anything, is unique, <laughs> Crazy and, a, unique. and a growing process. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Misha, um, Josh, will you guys um, kind of tee everything up for us a little bit? Tell us a little bit about your roles at 242 and um, maybe how long you've been there. and uh, A little you know, bit about the church yeah, itself. Yeah, a little bit yeah. about 242. So my name is Misha, so you know the, the voice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I've been at 242 for a little over five years and in my current role, and I'm sure multi-site churches, your role, the title the changes time, yeah, constantly. Change, yeah, so I'm quickly. currently the high school small group and leader development director, which basically means I do everything, but they give me the title of mostly high school stuff. Okay. Okay. So when you say, so mostly high school stuff, but when... Uh, Small group and leadership director, like develop, does that mean across campuses as well? Currently, um, right now, Josh and I do the leadership development stuff across campuses, but I'm specifically in charge of the leaders at my campus. Okay, got it. Got yeah. it. So you're contributing to the other campuses, but you're yep. really owning um, stuff at Brighton. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, I, we get that. I think everybody in the the circles knows some of that crossover and and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and my name is Josh, and I've got basically the same job as Misha, except for middle schoolers. So overseeing all of the small groups, the strategy, all of those types of things, leader development, specifically at our Brighton campus, but also helping out here and there with things across campuses as far as those things go as well. Yeah. And so who in that current staff structure then that you guys have, who is giving you guys that direction or how does that look amongst the team in regard to as you're developing things for small group leaders, leadership development or other other collaborative pieces or pieces that are being implemented at a campus? So. 
How's yeah, that so, leadership and staff structure kind of work currently? So, I mean, as far as staff structure goes, we, like at our campus, we have a student lead okay. um, who isn't here today, but uh, he's awesome. We love him. And he, so he's our boss. He's our direct report. Okay. Um, but as far as things like small groups and leader development go, that really begins with us. We don't necessarily have another staff member like speaking into what that looks like. There's some basic like, you know, church principles and things that we that we believe about leadership that we instill into our small group strategy for our student ministry. That's good. But for the most part, um all the stuff that we do for small groups and for leader development for student ministries pretty much is birthed out of what we think is best in any season for them. And to speak a little bit into the context for that, um when I started five and a half years ago, I was the only student staff at the Brighton campus, and we were running a sixth through twelfth grade ministry. And then, as we grew as a church and as we grew as a student ministry, we kind of shifted that context, and we had a middle school and a high school. And then we realized our small groups were really strong in our high school, but our production was really awesome in our middle school. Mm-hmm. And so, our middle school director and I kind of got together, and I said, "Well, what if I kind of took on your leader stuff in small groups? What if you took on kind of the production and and growth stuff?" And we kind of launched a middle school high school thing where we were both doing middle school high school Hmm, and then later on we said well gosh we got so many small group leaders and and this is kind of changing the way our ministry was looking was changing so we brought josh on and josh took the middle school leaders and so it was really just the way we developed our staff was gifting interest kind of what what was really working for us individually and and for our team no that's that's good i think you know a lot of multi-site churches guys go through those transitions yeah. within it in different aspects. Joe, um, our teams have kind of gone through that, at least even at our um, the campus that we're at today, within that where the team has kind of transitioned um, not only just the, the people, but yeah. also the roles and how um, people are sharing within that. And I think that's just part of the attitude that we have to have within multi-site, that things change, and as they're changing, they're good. Joe, can you talk, you know, Misha mentioned a little bit about how they brought more people on and the roles changed. Can you talk a little bit about what that's looked like here? Yeah, because uh, with our switch over to Central, I also at the same time had a another staff member who transitioned as he pursued further education. Uh, his name is Gar. He's actually the one who's responsible for that sick beat that you hear uh, week in and week out wow. on the podcast. So <laughs> he puts together music. But um, yeah, you know, the interesting thing is as we our, our staff structure shifted, uh, I was looking at it saying, hey, I really want uh, more female leadership. We had a strong female leader in Kim here uh, and wanting to to have that continue to be represented uh, and just furthered. And so we brought on, as opposed to saying, hey, I have to replace one guy with one guy and one girl with one girl, uh, we went towards the avenue of replacing it with both um, both female directors. Uh, and I think with our, that idea of like m- ministry generalist, we kind of had a, a needs that we wanted or knew that we wanted to see filled. Um, and really, though, there's like, hey, here's the ne- the necessary things that a staff member needs to be able to do in regard to leading leaders well and shepherding students. Um, but if we find someone that kind of fits this, great. If we find someone that kind of fits this, great. Uh, and so it kind of gave some freedom, but also made it a little difficult at times. Like, all right, you have this person who would carry you further this way, this person who would carry you further this way. What is really the greatest need of the ministry currently? Because both of those options already check off all the, the necessary things you'd want a staff member to do. And some of that's also just, again, the approach that we've had to 
being ministry generalists. There's certain things that each one of our staff member owns, but we can all do all things. Um, it's like basketball. You have certain guys who can uh, rebound really well, certain guys who can shoot three-pointers really well, but they all need to be able to dribble. Yeah. So. And I can't and do any, so that's <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't want to call you out yeah, on thanks. it, but do, pick I, last. <laughs> I think you, you mentioned something that you know popped up in my head, Joe. Um, you know, one of the things I know about um, 242 is you guys are really dynamically involved within your community and, um, your church is, is set up. I know, um, you know, a a bunch of aspects is that of that is really true. Can you guys talk to me a little, or talk to everybody a little bit about your church culture? Give us some of the kind of overall about what makes you, because because it's unique. We jumped into the student ministry stuff because that's where we nerd out. But like as a church, yeah, we have a really unique concept. Um, so we started in in Brighton. We started in high school in Ann Arbor. We started in a hotel lobby. Okay. But our idea was, if we're ever going to build a building, we don't want to lose the idea that the church is the people. And when you start in a in a kind of a pop up church, then you kind of get that idea of the church is the people because it can't be the it can't be the space. And so we said, if we ever build a space, we want to make sure that that space doesn't become the church, hmm. that the church stays the people. And so we said, well. The best way to do that is to not build a church. We said, let's build, let's build something for the community. Let's build, and we, we the kind of the term we used when we were when we were moving into where we are now in Brighton was, what if we built a community center? What if we gave a gift to the community? What would they want? And so we just we just kind of pulled the community and said, what do you want? What what is your what does the community not offer that we could build yeah. that then we could meet church in on the weekends. That's incredible. And so we built a community center that has some really some really cool features. Our on Sunday our lobby is a indoor soccer field the rest of of the week. Wow. And because lacrosse is big in the areas, we we brought some lacrosse nets and some and you know invited youth programs to come in and, and run their youth lacrosse programs in their community stuff. That's so um, cool. But we also said, you know, well, what if we what if we built a cafe that's more like a restaurant than just mm. like a church coffee shop? Right. And so we serve full service breakfast, lunch, and for a while dinner. And I think they still serve until like five five in the in the afternoon. Okay. But just open to the community seven days a week. Um, we have a CrossFit gym in there. We've got a school for the arts where you can learn everything from ballet to uh, the scientific process to how to play the violin. Wow. We've had a flower shop in there. We're just kind of creative. And, and we've the reason that it shifts and changes is because we're constantly asking the community, what, what do you, you want, need? what do you need, and how can we provide that for you? Josh, speak a little bit to um, what that has looked like um, specifically in student ministry in the context of, you know, what type of questions are you asking within the community? And then how have you guys fleshed that out? I know you guys are on like the, the verge of a huge weekend for the next two weekends for your church. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then how does that look, how does that vision get carried across multi-site within student ministry? Vision as far as, as far as what exactly? Just reaching out to the community and being hmm. a part of the community. Like how yeah. is that? You're doing it for the adults yeah. of the community right. at large. How does it flesh if you, the students? Yeah, yeah, if you, you know, specify that to students, how has that, yeah. that looked? Like what type of stuff are you guys doing in the community and how does that look different from site to site? 
Yeah. So I'll, I'll be completely honest that right now, I think that's something that at least for me and Misha, that's been something that's been like on the forefront of our minds of yeah. like, you know, how, how are we exactly getting our student ministry to in some ways like carry the torch that the adults in some ways have like right. started with, with yeah. like, you know, we're going to care for our community and we're going to do whatever it takes to like be the light of the world. And for like, for our students in a lot of ways, I think we've got to start asking, we've recently started doing a better job of asking them, like, you know, if, if 242 students just didn't even exist, would anyone notice? Like, would the people at your schools, like, realize that, like, oh, that's all of a sudden not a thing? Or, like, yeah. would there be some sense of support that all of a sudden was just abandoned because yeah. of the fact that we just weren't around anymore? So, I mean, like, there have, for a, a long time now, anything that we've done for the community, we've tried really hard to like birth through small groups. Okay. And we've allowed our small group leaders to really like be the ones like within their small groups asking like, you know, like guys, like what do you see as being the need for your friends at school? What do you see as being the need for our community? And like most recently we had, it was like a 10th grade girls small group who they were oh, yeah, with the pregnancy help clinic. Yeah. They had heard about the pregnancy help clinic in our area and they got really passionate behind that a lot. And they were like, you know what? Like let's just, let's just have a diaper drive. And we were like, that sounds super random, but awesome at the Love same it. time. So Love let's it. do it. So for, I don't know, a couple months, we, every single week, we're just telling students like, Hey, like this small group, they found a thing. They found a thing that like, they're realizing mm-hmm. that like our community needs this. So how can we come alongside of this group and support them? So we did like a, a campus, like our campus, like, you know, all of our students are getting behind, like, you know, bringing in diapers and donating that. And, um, I don't know. What was like the final count on that? I don't even know. Hundreds. Hundreds of boxes <laughs> of diapers that got donated, which is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. so you guys took an individual kind of student vision, got owned by a small group, yeah. got owned by your campus, and then owned across campuses. So is that's that the, what I'm he- So that's the part. Is it across campuses? That's the part where we are still trying to figure that out. Okay. Like I, it looks different. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and part of that part of that I think has to be on purpose. Like, you know, it if we were to say that we are going to do the same thing at every campus when it comes to serving and meeting the needs of our community, that's completely that's completely eliminating our ability to contextualize what our community needs. And I mean, even if we just look at like the different like you know major cities that our campuses are in, from Ann Arbor to Lansing, Saginaw, Brighton, like those are drastically different cities. Yeah. Mm. So for us Very to say so. that our strategy is going to be the same thing in every city, I think would undercut a lot of the opportunity that we could have to meet our cities in the ways that they need it most. Yeah. And so. create space for innovation yeah, as well. Yeah, for have. sure. Have you seen, uh, as you guys have kind of in the somewhat, somewhat lead, uh, officially, unofficially at times as you guys do things with high school and middle school, have you seen, uh, campuses kind of own that same mentality of, Hey, how do we take what our church does as a foundational kind of drive, uh, and value of reaching the community? Uh, it's what you guys would like to do with like a diaper drive sort of thing, or giving that same vision to students. Has, yeah. How did, how has that looked as you guys have tried to Here's what I'll say, pass that? I don't us. know if I could give you an individual examples, but the principle that the idea of impacting your community starts with the small group and starts with coming together. It shouldn't be big church led. It should be led from the individual or, or your small group level is like that heart is every campus wide yeah. is like, you don't have to wait for the church or the student ministry to say, go do this. It's a value that we've instilled in our congregation that we, because of the way we built our building, because of the way that we kind of operate in our community, our goal is that everyone's asking themselves personally the question, you know, how do we give a gift to the community? How do we, how do we make sure that if I left 
or someone from 242 left the community, like the community would feel that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's That's very good. It's neat because you know, when we ask the question, I see you guys, you know, your body language <laughs> completely change. You sit up, you're yeah. smiling. It's, it's, it's yeah. within your DNA. I wish it was video because you guys would, would, you know, everybody would see that. It's, it's really neat to, to just hear the hear passion. The passion. Yeah, yeah. Say, yeah. Right. It, it, Joe, we, we see that. Yeah, obviously. very much so. Yeah. I mean, it, and I, I, love feel the, like, I feel like when heart. we start to think of community, one thing that I've really loved about 242 is like, we don't think of it as like our church community. We think of it as like where we, like our neighborhood and yeah. like how are we impacting our community that we think of everyone, we want everyone to be part of our church, but like yeah. we think of everyone in our church as a part of a community and that when we talk about it like that, that's that's really what we mean. So. Awesome. What um what's working for you guys across multi-site right now? So I know there's a lot of differences between campuses, but what's really working across multi-site and why are you choosing to do that? Um, I would say that for me, the two things that are working best would be our teaching strategy okay. and our small group strategy. Unpack um, that a little bit. Yeah. Those are the yeah. two things we we're in charge of. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two things that it's Misha okay. runs. Brag, so. <laughs> so teaching strategy, oh man, like we spent probably the better part of a year and a half just going at it about like what, what are the expectations as far as like do we all have a script that we have to say like verbatim at every campus to make mm -hmm. sure that we are all saying the same thing? Or like, do we just say, here's a general idea and whatever the Lord speaks to you, then that's what you will share at your campus. Yeah, yeah. And like, and everything in between. Yeah. And we've kind of recently landed on, all right, every, every lesson is going to have a main scripture. Every lesson is going to have a bottom line. Okay. Those two things are consistent across all the campuses. And we get kind of like, you know, a 1.0 version of kind of like a rough outline of what those talks can look like. But for the most part, we say as long as at your campus, you're communicating that main verse and the main point, that bottom line, then what you choose to do and to fill in the gaps, we're okay with that. And that seems to really be the thing that all, I think like for yeah. the first time in a year and a half, our entire student staff seems to be on the same page with, yes, this works for us. I'm smiling because we definitely went through a phase though, where we were basically being like, how did you say this one line? And like, we were in a room yeah. arguing about, did you, why didn't you say this way? Why didn't you say this way? And I think we came to the conclusion of is we're not hoping that our teaching from the stage is what's changing someone's life like those words that we wrote down on the paper what we're really hoping is that this is a transformational process for someone and so we kind of in the end said really what the most important thing is what happens in your small group and so how do our communicators set up our small groups really well versus our communicators tying something up nice with a bow it this is the perfect product we pass that out and then small group leaders yeah. you know good luck with with you know taking it past there so yeah, so that's the teaching portion. And then the small group stuff to unpack that would be mainly it's just it's the stuff that we're stealing from our friends over at Orange, the rethink group, yeah, yeah, the yeah. lead small strategy. No that's shame a, here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like that's been a that's been a constant for us across all of our campuses of saying like these will be like the five core principles that your small group leaders are trained on. Yeah. And being able to like have that has been really transformational for our small yeah. groups. So to recap, and the teaching end of it, you guys, are, that's all in-house, collaborative, probably as a team, kind of decide what the content is that you're mm -hmm. going to share in regards to like series and everything. There's mm -hmm. uniformity in some regard with like series name, bottom line, main scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, is it like if somebody does write a script, so to say, is that shared? It's shared, but this is what you have to do, kind of like 
Um, yeah, so because we have a, a many communicators at every campus, we don't have like a, a main communicator, our yeah. interns, everyone will speak. We kind of have a 1.0 document that's shared, but then we also have someone who is speaking that weekend will put their 2.0 out just to help someone that maybe, if, if it's your first yeah, time speaking, yeah. it's always helpful to have someone else's interpretation of kind of what is that bottom line in the main scripture and so. And this is the 1.0 um, responsible in like by individuals. So you'll do one for one series, Josh, you'll do one for one Misha, or is it? <laughs> we if, used to if do If it that. was up to me, oh man, our team would be in trouble if I was writing those. <laughs> <laughs> we, we tried to even it out and then we kind of concluded that everyone just wanted me to write the 1.0s. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. okay. I speak about 10 times a year, but I write about 40 1.0s. Okay. So. That's good. <laughs> no, because I think, I think, let's just land there yeah. for a second because there's probably things that are the opposite with Josh or you know, sure. guys and gals from other team, you know, or other spots. Yeah, you don't on the want team. me to plan an event. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's good. That, that's, that's really, good. that's good. Um, and I think that's, that's a huge part though of multi-site is and it honestly you, evaluating the team. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that was one of the, the biggest things. And we've talked about this, but on our team, we realized who had certain strengths and we're yeah. always mm-hmm. we're always reevaluating that we don't want to pigeonhole somebody into that yeah. right because we're always growing but you know you look at within a multi-site culture saying hey the reason that this is working in this area in this area in this area is because we have this person spearheading this this is their gift their ability we have a guy on our team that loves um, missions um, we thought for a long time he was going to be straight to the mission field, and someday he probably will be. Mm-hmm. But we send him on a majority of our trips yep. and have mm-hmm. him look over that because he's passionate about it. He mm-hmm. loves it, and yeah. and he knows overseas, you know, third world countries well. And he knows how to even in regard to like inciting that within students and equipping leaders, and then even transferring that. Like, uh, what is that? You know, those are kind of standalone things, but then locally, uh, our service projects and so on. And one of the things that. Um, we I just had a meeting about yesterday is because we have some guys who are great at writing mm-hmm. and others who like they're they're not there yet. But I always think through the lens of I've been here for however long, uh, that what do I do when like my four best writers transition yeah. into a different role? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. and knowing that some of these other guys who are present, they might be here for another four or five years, but they're not the best writers. Mm-hmm. And so we met with uh, some of our, our, our cam- oh, campus pastor yesterday and a couple other people say, hey, how are we developing um, our team holistically so that way, you know, if the guys who are currently on our student staff end up being a campus pastor or a teaching pastor or, you know, here, another church, we can say that they've been equipped and set up well to do so. Uh, and especially if it's within the pipeline here that if I'm a person responsible for hiring a campus pastor, mm-hmm. I'm looking in, in-house, I can say, hey, they've already gone through this process. They know and understand how it is that we write things mm-hmm. here and what is that we look for as we communicate across our Woodside campuses because they've been developed by our people. So I think that's good to think through the um, how you give ownership and how you look to develop these uh, your team across the uh, across the board. So yeah, definitely. And I, I think a big part of that is is really evaluating, right? That's that's multi site one on one. Is we're always evaluating stuff, and then it's stuff like this, getting around other people that are doing it and and asking questions and saying, hey, what's going on within yeah, this? How's this working? Joe, can I jump in and ask a question from yeah, the other side? Yeah, please do. This like, is great. When you think about um, 
adding writers, like how do you even identify those people and how do you identify them as good? And have you had anybody, <laughs> have you had anybody that's not Grammar. a good writer, but thinks that they're a good writer? And then, so maybe just, because uh, no. that's, because as someone that writes all these 1.0s, like I would love to add to my team, but that's been a tension, especially when thinking about adding volunteers, yeah. like are they going to face the same criticism or is, are they going to get, or does that come back to me? So how have you handled that? No, that's super good. We essentially give the opportunity. We invite them all in. Uh, and we're kind of able to identify at this point, like who it is, who's really good at writing, um, because they've done it for however long. So essentially all of our, um, when you say everybody in our entire student ministry staff, okay. Um, except for two of our, uh, our guys last year wrote, um, some sort of material uh, for for whether small group leader guide or the teaching script and so on and so forth. So um, the guys who are really solid at who have the most experience, they'll usually have their hand in on like three series. So I'll use DP for an example. DP helped write three of our series. He individually wrote two of them and he worked on another one with one of the other guys who was newer to help him kind of get an understanding of what it is that like, hey, change this, do this, so on and so forth. So I, in, we probably have tw 10 series that we do in a year. Right. Out of those 10, five or six of them are originals and three or four are um, rewrites. Uh, and so they're like for, we'll look at our middle school scope and sequence and say, Hey, over the last three years, we've done this for middle school students. And then we'll look beyond that and say, okay, we have this new group of sixth graders who've never done this series before. What's the next scope and sequence look like? And so there might be a series that we did four or five years ago, which was awesome. They were like, we want to make sure that's in for this year because it's hits on this topic or doctrinally or spiritual discipline, but we also then want to make sure we update it. So whether from a graphic standpoint, content of like illustrations or so on and so forth use. So we kind of use that, like the rewrites are for the new guys um, to kind of get their feet wet. And we usually try to partner them um, with somebody who's more experienced and then the, the new series, we give it to those guys who are more experienced. Does that help yeah. answer a little bit? Um, but again, because we invite them all in, and what I've noticed is with student pastors, they all are passionate about wanting to teach and wanting to develop a message. Uh, and it kind of helps with that buy-in with the team holistically of like, yeah, like I feel as though I'm excited about what we're teaching this year because I had a voice in on what we're teaching and I helped shape what we're teaching. Um, but at the same time, there are two guys who are like, that's not me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so if it's not them, um, we allow them to like back out. So, Do you ever utilize volunteers for that? Would you ever utilize volunteers for that? I've utilized volunteers contextually at this campus and some of our other campuses I feel had done it before as well, where um, we definitely give volunteers an opportunity to teach. Uh, there's a process that we go through it with them, but I have a separate um, teaching opportunities on Sunday mornings. Uh, we have a separate middle school program that's a yellow light program, sure. so to say, at campuses. And so four of our campuses do that. And that's more of an opportunity I've used to develop yeah. um other guys who want to teach and uh, there are those standalone days or if I'm writing messages for it. Uh, I have a guy named AJ who's now a sophomore in high school who the first time he preached was as a seventh grader. Um, and so he's done everything from taking a message that I've given him and owned it to written his own message mm. uh, yeah. when preaching on our Sunday morning or even on a Wednesday night to our middle school students. So 
Yeah. yeah, we've transitioned, you know, a bunch of people within. I think some of it comes with, you know, familiarity too. You know, as we get to know guys as they come on the team, we know them originally. We get to see what their gifts are and things like that. And as they do that, we then are able to kind of, you know, lean in more and say, hey, yeah, you take this series next year and write it instead of you being a partner in it. And it, it just comes, you know, down the line um, with that. And that's that's just part of, you know, looking at, at developing a team and who's got gifts and what gifts they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah. Amen. And I love that we've grown that. And you've been here, Misha, for five years. Josh, how many years have you been at 242? Uh, almost two and a half. Okay. 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 And how long? It, 242 has been around for how many years? You guys know that? Since 2000... I just know the number 14. Three, but I feel like two. Maybe, I feel like I've been saying it's been around for 14 years 14 for like two or 15 years. years. So yeah, yeah, yeah. at some point that went up to 15 maybe. I've been, a, <laughs> I've been around since 2000. Over ele- 10 years. Yes. I've been around since 2011 on staff since 2013. Okay. So okay. whatever happened before 2011. I- <laughs> it's all a blur. Yeah. Check the Wikipedia page. Everything. And, yeah. and honestly, we turned multi-site in 2009. I probably got that date wrong by a year. But, but around there. But yeah. around there. And we actually moved into buildings in 2013 in Brighton and then in a couple years later or a couple years after that in Ann Arbor and then Lansing and yeah I've been at Woodside for my entire life as a kid and then growing up and an intern and so on and so on so I always I, I love history and because I feel like it does shape the context yeah because knowing yeah. that hey we've we've been a multi-site church for less than 10 years yeah uh, mm-hmm. like what does that look like and how we're figuring even for us we've been a multi-site church for you know 13 years mm-hmm. so it's like still it's still young in a lot of ways yeah. and there's still a lot which you're figuring it out and so on and so what um what has been the things that you guys have loved about multi-site um and just being a part of the team that you have been in and some of the things that you've learned and and so on and then we'll kind of give it a wrap give you guys an opportunity to ask any final questions and yeah i think for me it's kind of like just what you were saying joe was that like i had been at two other churches prior to being at 242 where i was the standalone youth pastor or in one case uh actually like the family pastor so overseeing everything from diapers to diplomas right Yeah. yeah and um and like, you know, my wife and I, like, you know, our prayer started becoming like, we want to, we want to be somewhere where we could be a part of a team. Mm. And it's just been, it's been really cool to be able to be a part of this team here where like, not only does our campus have a team of guys, like, you know, working together to move the ball on the field, but also just having that team like across campuses, like our team is literally spreading from like one side of the state to the other, yeah. all with the same vision, all with the same mission. So, yeah, I love that. And that helps too with any sort of like challenge or transition and so on it like, knowing that you have like you have that team and you love your team and you can trust your team yeah it makes it easier yeah, that's, that's for sure, sure. Mm-hmm. so my training formal training is in special education i was an elementary special ed teacher okay awesome and so i'll tie that's that so in cool. by saying like as a as a special education teacher you're really trying to dissect the difficulties that a kid is having learning and trying to bypass whatever neurological issues they have to be able to help them access education. And in a lot of ways, what I've loved about the multi-campus thing is it's, it is all these different challenges and it's looking at these challenges contextually, looking at the challenges with a, with our church that's really just grown so fast and, and, and has become this new thing. Like every year it feels like a whole new beast and, and changing and shifting, you know, strategy and structure to kind of, 
communicate what's most important, which is that we want you to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And so it's, it's in a lot of ways the same type of thinking that I had as a special education teacher applying it to a multi-campus student ministry is like, what are the workarounds to make sure that we are still communicating what's most important? We're not communicating a general education curriculum. We're communicating like the the gospel. The, the gospel that Jesus loves right. you and that he died and that he rose for you. And so how do you kind of work that through as you grow a church? And how do you make sure that that doesn't get missed systematically, that Jesus stays the central piece? It's Amen. been, it's been yeah. like the thing that I've really loved. I really loved, you know, we add new people to staff. We campuses grow. We, we you know, split middle school, high school, all that. Through all those, are we making sure that Jesus is the center of every one of those discussions? And mm-hmm. it's been like the... It, it, it's what it makes me so excited every single day to, to kind of get to work and, and uh, do Amen. the multi-campus thing. So, Amen. Yeah. yeah that's, good. That, that's awesome. What, um, you know, just as we kind of wrap things up, what, what are you guys um, looking at in the future that excites you right now? Um, whether it be, uh, you know, multi-site as a whole or, um, you know, future for you guys, what excites you as, as you're dreaming, as you're thinking about the future? Well, it, when I write down my vision, it's that in our kind of operating areas, every single student in the high schools will know that our church is for them, and that is for them knowing Jesus. And whether they agree with what we agree with, whether they ever show up in our doors or not, I want them to know when they think of 242 students that we're for them and that we're for them knowing Jesus. And so I love the idea of like infusing that into every area that we go into, similarly to how we've stepped into areas and say, we are a gift to you. We want to help our community. I want every single high school, every single middle school that we, when we step in, they know, oh my goodness, 242 students is for me and they're for, for me knowing Jesus. I love and that. So, I think that's so cool. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm, I get really excited about yeah. when I think about, you know, multi-campus, centralized, different locations, you know, each impacting different communities. That's what I get most excited about. That's sweet. That's yeah. really cool. I think, I think mine is like kind of piggybacked on yours a little bit, Misha. It's just that like, I think that we keep seeing like the fruit of that happening through our small group leaders. And I know that like for our small groups ministry specifically over the past couple of years has really been transformed just by like raising the bar of what like the expectations are to be a leader. And like, you know, we, we tell our leaders, like I'm sure you guys probably do, I'm sure a lot of churches do that, like, you know, in order to be a successful small group leader, you've got to, in some ways, not think of yourself as a small group leader. You need to think of yourself as a youth pastor for the students in your group. And I think that like for the majority of our groups where we are seeing students really understand, really like know that like, Oh, 242 is for me. Like they, they're really like, they have like, they're in my corner. They have my back no matter what. Like it's coming from a place of those small group leaders really starting to understand That's good. that That's really good. I'm, I'm not just a small group leader. Like yeah. I am pastoring these kids from a place of maybe having absolutely no understanding of who Jesus is to a place of knowing that like I can have an intimate personal relationship with him. Amen. And I think that like us just continuing to like knowing that we're just continuing to move the ball down that field as well is only going to help us when it comes to just like the community impact that we're having as a whole. That's so, so cool. 
Guys, I love what you guys are doing. Did you have something you want to... And I was just going to say, when I think of multi-site, it's like, how, like the, the thing that excites me multi-site-wide is like, how do we systematically structure so that every campus, every staff we hire has that same vision? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. We well, love what you guys are doing. And this has been a great conversation, I think, just to be able to hear and, and be encouraged by and even process myself as to how are we doing just that? Right. Um, how are we making an impact on our community and reaching more and more students with the gospel? And so mm-hmm. thank you guys for that. Um, any, uh, let's see, uh, share with us your kind of personal socials, 242 socials. How can people connect with you guys? You can plug yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give that plug. Uh, Misha's got to look it up. Yeah. He doesn't know this. Or even <laughs> see what it is 30, that God is, so God is doing at 242. And so. You can just share your what email. Do you know yeah, that? Do you That's know good. That. Yeah, just give him that. I know my address. I love it. I won't share that. <laughs> I'm, I'm Misha2 underscore 42. Most of my stuff is Misha242 or 242 Misha. M-I-S-H-A. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, they just start searching for Misha242. They'll be yeah. They're good to you'll go. find it. There's no other, there's no other Misha242. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And then be careful with your searches. <laughs> mine is uh, so my whole name is Josh Strickler. Um, and my handle is that the word we're yeah, still sure. using today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On like Twitter and Instagram, all those places is Joe Stro. So it's J O underscore S T R O. Awesome. Awesome. And then 242. What is 242? 242. Oh, we never even explained oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. X242. X242, okay. which is the the kind of the section. And we really say our mission is through 47. So X242 for, through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and mm-hmm. prayer. And you can Gathering look the rest together. up yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, all okay. the things the early church did are the things that we want and how they impact their community. It ends with, and the numbers were added to... And, their numbers are added. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yep. You guys yeah, know it better than me. No, that's all right. Hey, Amen. That's a good vision statement. And their yeah. numbers red. <laughs> Every yeah. And you can add Daily. to Daily. our numbers uh, <laughs> by liking and subscribing to this podcast. <laughs> oh, dang. Wow. That, that was, was quite, segue. The, quite the transition, Jojo. <laughs> Man. But uh, in all sincerity, uh, yes, again, thank you guys so much for being a part of the show. We appreciate it and appreciate all you guys are doing. And I will plug, please follow Multi Multi on uh, all the socials. Uh, that's it. If she went to search multi multi podcast, like, rate, review, share. Uh, it just helps in regard to encouraging others. We've loved um, just chatting with uh, other churches and uh, seeing what it is that God is doing and continuing to collaborate with you guys. And we look forward to collaborating with many of you guys at the Multi Summit uh, happening in March, at the end of March. Uh, you guys can register now. It's multisummit.org. EJ, Kim, myself will be there. Justin Herman from the Control Chaos podcast. Chase DePew from 12 Stone. Leader. Leadership Network has hopped on. Uh, if you guys do not know about Leadership Network, definitely check them out. They're doing some amazing things with the in the multi-site uh, world. So I think that's uh, all the plugs I got today. <laughs> you know, we always wrap up, guys, by saying that we're humbled and I'm um, so blessed to be serving alongside of each of you. And if there's anything um, that we can do, we would love to partner with you in that. If you have any questions, shoot them our way. We'd love to, to connect with you. Um, and we love learning and um, serving the community all across uh, this country. So thank you, guys. Um, we love you. God loves you more. Have an awesome day. Bye.